Then I also discovered that once you start to work remotely, you can work for any almost any company in the world. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Code and Beyond, a podcast where we talk about software development and anything beyond that. Today is going to be about advantages and disadvantages of remote work. My name is Pablo and I'm here together with my friend Alex. Hi Alex. Hi Pablo. But before that, let me start with some uh, shout outs. This week I have two and the two of them are related with uh, remote work or let's call it remote pairing. One of them is uh, Tuple. I discovered this one recently, like one week, two weeks ago. It's uh, very, very focused on uh, remote pairing. My experience was great. It has very, very low latency. So the feeling is really nice. It allows you to control the other pair machine. It's super easy to switch pairs with it. Full app with the full interface focus on remote pairing. You, you have a video, you have a typing, different controls, all you, all you can need. The only con I see is that it's super focused on uh, macOS. I can see that they are already building a Linux client, but for now, yeah, that probably that's one of, of the cons that I can already see. Okay, so it's not for me. <laughs> it will be soon. <laughs> okay, we'll wait. And the other one I have is Teammate. It's a terminal sharing, like raw terminal, classic terminal. It's also really fast because it's just SSH <laughs> under the hood. And it's also great for pairing because you can share your terminal with your pair. And if you're a Vim user like me, it's really nice because you share your Vim and that's it. You're in a pairing session. It doesn't have video or anything like that, but you can use any other video chat. So it's not like a full integrated system to pair or anything like that. It's just a terminal sharing. I've been using it for ages and it works great. And it works great even for a really bad connections. If I'm not mistaken, Travis CI was using this thing, if you want to uh, SSH into your running container, then this is this is how it was done. Totally makes sense. Because I think in the end, you, you can host the session if you have a good connection. But if none of you have a good connection, I think teammate just hosted it for you. So yeah, you have multiple options in, in there. Okay, let's jump into remote work then. So my idea was to start with the pros and cons of remote work. Both of us has quite a lot of experience working remotely. I've been working remotely for the last 10 years, probably. You, Alex, I think is more or less the same, right? Yes, at least 10, that's for sure. For me, the number one benefit is freedom. I really like to travel. I really like uh, outdoor sports. I tend to change countries from time to time at the place where, where I live. And being able to work remotely gives me all the freedom that I like. For me, that's the number one pro. That's one thing that people are not getting these days from remote work because of COVID. And a lot of people have started to work remotely because of COVID and they are having bad experiences. And I, I'm, I keep telling people that what they are doing is not remote work. They're just working remotely because of very, very specific situation. So I hope they don't hate remote work because <laughs> the COVID situation. Then uh, for me, it's also productivity. We can argue about this because I think for other people, it's the other way around. Some people need office to get focus. For me, 
offices are a bit too noisy and you get a lot of interruptions. We can argue about that, I guess. Yeah, those are the big ones for me. And probably a third one that is not as big as the other two is like access to bigger market. These days, for example, I'm living in Spain and I work for a Belgian company. That wouldn't be possible in a in-house setup, right? <laughs> what are your main pros, Alex? So first of all, it wasn't freedom, at least at the beginning. With remote work, uh, I unlocked more options for me to earn money. Yeah. Because I was living in Russia, not in Moscow or St. Petersburg. It was mm -hmm. tiny town, not IT place at all. So find more or less good job for software developer was a little bit problematic. Mm -hmm. But if you work remotely, it means the whole world is available to you. So that was the first reason for me. Later, I discovered more things, but that was the first reason. And then I discovered that, yes, you could be more productive. That's for sure. You have to learn how to be productive with remote work because setup is different. It's not the same as you. When you go to the office, mm -hmm. you need to do some things. You need to change some things in your daily routines, but it's totally worth it. You need to find tools which work for you, software tools, communication tools as well. And I tried lots of them. I even had experience with Google Wave. I'm not sure if you ever tried this. I really like it. I, I think it was too early in the market, but the, the product was good. It was a weird experience. Google Wave is just a chat, right? You, yeah. you type, you, this is how you communicate, it's just text. The, the biggest difference compared to any other chat applications, it was real time in meaning that you type and people see right away what you're, what you're typing. Yeah. So you have to think up front, like normally if you use Slack, for example, right? You type and then you hit enter or whatever, you send the message. Mm -hmm. But you could spend time thinking about and structuring your, your message. On Google Wave, people see how you structure your message. At the beginning, it, it was a weird experience to me. It felt like people in my head and they read my thoughts before they say them out loud. That's why I learned how to think before I type something because it will be visible right away. I, I ended up typing in a different editor and then copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> I was typing, but thinking up front. But it took some time to develop this habit and be fast enough because it was also weird. Like there's a huge pause and then some text on the screen. Yeah. And back in those days, not many people was working remotely, right? Probably Google Wave was 10 years ago, something like that. Maybe more. So remote culture was not a thing. The use case was not polished, as you mentioned, and the market was not ready. These days we have Slack kind of the same without the typing in real time. But then you keep working remotely, right? Yes. So I discovered many things that I like more than work from the office. This freedom that you mentioned, the freedom to choose. It also depends a lot if you're an employee or a contractor or a freelance. The experience is different. If you're a contractor or a freelance, you, you have to take care of everything. So you, you need to be aware of the international laws and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you're an employee, your company takes care of everything. Yeah, I was working as a contractor. Same here. It's funny because your approach to remote work was totally different to mine. You started to work remotely mainly for market reasons. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get that freedom. I was tired of living in big cities. Before my first remote position, I was living in, in London and I was tired of the big city, the long commutes and things like that. I was already in a big city and I was getting 
good job. So I wasn't looking for a market change or anything like that. It was just more freedom. Then I also discovered that once you start to work remotely, you can work for any almost any company in the world. You mentioned uh, tools and the, the setup. Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific setup or recommendations for people that are working remotely, some advices? So for example, I hear a lot of people complaining about working from home is not ideal because I have a lot of interruptions. I have people coming and going. If, if you have kids, they can jump into your calls, things like that. And I always uh, tell them that that's because they, they don't have the right setup. I work in my, my office at home, so I have an office to work. So I don't go to the company office, but I have my own space at home. My, my wife also works remotely and she has another space at home. So we have offices, we have strict working hours that we impose to ourselves. Once we are done with work, we leave those rooms. We don't get interrupted because it's not, it's not an option. Mm -hmm. We also try different setups. These days we are working from home, from our office at home. But before that, we used to go to co-working spaces where you can get also the office feeling, right? You have other people around you that are talking and chatting and you have uh, meeting rooms and you have kind of the office setup. That's another option that people, well, not these days because of COVID probably, but it's another option that people can explore. And the third one is renting an office. We also did that for some time. We were a bit tired of being at home, so we decided to rent an office for the, in this case, for the two of us, but you can do it with other people that work remotely. So it's plenty of things that you can do to avoid this uh, uh, laying on the sofa while I'm typing and I, I'm not feeling productive. <laughs> Those are just some ideas. Probably there are more. How, how does it work for you? Did you have like a specific setup at home or did you go to co-workings? What was your experience? I would say it's a mixture. So, and it was a process, like learning process. Mm -hmm. But before this, I have to say that in my opinion, there are two types of setup for remote work. The one is, is technical. So all the tools, software, yeah, computers, chairs, tables, but also mental setup. So you have mm -hmm. to be mentally prepared to work remotely because it has some specific requirements and some people have issues with working remotely because they're not, not ready. They didn't prepare uh, themselves. The one complaint is that people don't know where to stop and when to start your workday. You've mentioned that you have strict working hours, even if you're at home. Mm -hmm. For many people, it's a problem. So they don't know when to finish and they could work yeah. until really late time because they're sitting at home. In the office, it's easy, right? You see that other people are leaving. People are leaving, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it means, okay, the workday is over. At home, it's not the case. And especially if you live alone, mm -hmm. then basically you could work 24 hours without leaving your apartment. So that's the problem. But these are the things that you have to, first of all, realize, and then you could adjust for yourself. And this freedom that you receive with remote work, you could uh, set your own schedule. Depending on your natural cycles, you could start early and finish early or other way around. You could start at noon and then finish somewhere in the late evening. You have a choice to pick your time when you're most productive and no one can say, you know, you have to be there from nine to, to five because you have to be in the office. It has its own limitations sometimes when you work with clients, right? People expect you to be at certain time online. But it's also more flexible than yeah. in the office, right? In the office, you have these working hours. 
depends on the company. Some companies are more asynchronous, other ones are more synchronous. So it depends a lot of the specific company. But yes, you're, you're totally right. The, the technical setup, again, I was working mostly from home. So I had my computer, my desk, my cozy corner where I feel myself productive. But also from time to time, it was important for me to go outside and work from, from coffee shop or from park. With time, I realized that so I choose to go somewhere because there I'm more productive. For example, in coffee shop, it was helpful for me to hear all this noise and all that the people talking, the noises that all these coffee machines make. It was creating some some kind of environment where I was more productive, but it totally depended on the type of work. For example, when I have to just write text and any document, but then I don't have to think, I have to just express what I already have in my head. Then this kind of an environment works for me perfectly. It means I could also be in the office in this case, hear all the people around and all the office noises, and that would be fine. But in some cases, I prefer to be in complete silence because I have to think. And in this case, office environment, which is today, it's, it's mostly these open, open spaces yeah. when it's problematic sometimes to find completely silent uh, corner even in this case you have the freedom to say okay today i need to think for an hours straight that's why i stay in my apartment in my cozy corner and i know for sure that for this n hours there will be zero interruptions and you could turn off all these slacks email notifications smartphones and then everything and just be productive and then maybe later you go outside yeah that's the thing you need to find the what to make makes you productive once you find it, then you have the freedom to do it, which is which is great. And about technical setup, here probably people have different preferences. We are software developers and probably we have nice PC setup with multiple screens and keyboards and, and so on. But I think it's super important, this is obvious, to have a good internet connection. <laughs> Otherwise, it's tricky. And then you need a good mic and a good camera for meetings and, and, and everything. For example, I, I like to do programming and I find annoying when I cannot see other people's face because if, if you look at the face, you can see if you're doing something totally wrong because you can see the face of the other person <laughs> doing the gestures, right? If you cannot see the face at all, you, you are missing some extra context in there. You don't even know sometimes when the, the opinion is still there. Yeah, yeah. If they go silent for a while, you don't know what's going on. I heard the opposite. I I have some friends that they don't they don't mind just using a sound without image. But I don't know. I I really like to see people's faces. Apart from that, I don't have any fancy setup. I don't have any noise uh, absorption in my my rooms or or anything like that. I, I saw people that yeah have that. Oh, I forgot to mention chair. That's the that's the thing that you you really need to get right because usually in in, in the office uh, companies take care of your chairs because they don't want you to get sick so you usually have really nice chairs but when you start to work from home you just grab a chair that is around and you start to work and usually you destroy your back in less than one month I almost forgot about that in the in the setup the chair super important pick a good one spend some money on it will pay off because otherwise you're going to be paying doctors. And this one, the other day I was doing research because I was looking for a chair for myself. And somewhere on YouTube, there was a video when someone were comparing multiple, multiple chairs from cheap ones to super expensive ones. 
And then in the end, the final result was was interesting. This person said, it doesn't matter which chair you pick. Yes, of course, if you go for a fancy one, it will be more comfortable than a cheap one, or at least it will uh, last longer. But still, it, it doesn't mean that you have to sit in this chair whole day, multiple hours straight. Mm-hmm. It's better to stand up, do some movements from time to time, because the most expensive chair, the defensiest chair in the world will, will never replace some movement and some exercises for you. I use a standing desk for a, for a while. As I mentioned, I like to change my setup. I think that's healthy when you work remotely for long periods. It's healthy to change the office place and things like that. And one of the things that I try from time to time is to change my uh, desktop setup. Some time ago, I used a standing desk. So you stand, you sit. Uh, it needs some. I it needs some training. So on day one, you try to stand for the whole day. It's not gonna work. You're gonna feel your legs tired. You're gonna feel yeah that it doesn't work. Yeah, you need to start slowly. But yeah, it, it was nice. At some point, I stop. I don't know. Remember why? Probably I will try again someday. But that's another option that that you have using standing desk or. Yeah, you have plenty of options. You only need to find what works better for you. Have you ever tried this, the fitness ball? Yeah, 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 yeah. I also tried the fitness ball. It's also nice and it's similar to standing desk. You need to get used to it. But after some time, yeah, it's nice. It wakes you up, right? Because you cannot like lie down on, on, mm-hmm. on the chair. Have you tried? Yeah, I did multiple attempts. Didn't stick. Didn't stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, but it's good then. To try different things from from time to time is refreshing. The thing that works for me is just walking. So like after a couple hours of work, just, I don't know, have five minutes break. Not in the chair, not in the same position, but just walk and, I don't know, grab some water. Me too. Not walking is not an option for me. I have a dog. He needs to pee from time to time. (laughs) I have to walk. I have no choice. You can also find plenty of exercises that for people that work from home and plenty of resources out there. Being active is, I think, is not only for remote workers, right? Even if you are in, in an office, you have yes. to walk from time to time and do some stretches. And In office, it's just easier sometimes because you have people yeah. around and some usually might come and say, let's go and grab some coffee and talk. And this is the chance for you to leave your chair. One thing that I learned by switching to remote style of work, I learned how to be more responsible. Mm-hmm. And I realized that because when you work remotely, you have this asynchronous style of work. Sometimes you work with people in different time zones. You work while they asleep and other way around. That's why it's important to keep this transparency, to keep visibility mm-hmm. that you still work or if you have any questions, you could uh, easily discover them. That's why you have to do some extra steps to have this uh, visibility and to have this transparency. That means you have to be more responsible. Yeah, and over-communicate, right? Yes, you have to communicate better. Because in the office, you just, you could just ask, right, the, the person across the table. You can just interrupt the person across the table. <laughs> yes. So when you work remotely, it's not the case. And especially if you have different time zones, 
for software developers, for example, I saw that my personal style of opening pull requests changed. So previously, I didn't care about commit messages. Yeah. Description of a pull request was almost empty all the time because yeah. people around you, they know what you're doing and it's easy for them. So they are within the context. When you work remotely, it's not the case. That's why when you open pull request, it's better to provide as much as possible context and details and reasons why the, these changes are there. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a synchronous and it means the one who will do review might not be within this context or this person could discover this pull request a few days later as it was open. So it's better to prepare and it means, again, responsibility. You are doing this not for yourself, but you're doing it for someone else, for another team member. It doesn't mean that it's, it's not a good practice for work in the office. I just spotted that I started paying more attention and doing these extra steps yeah. in this kind of communication, in this kind of work, because I, I switched to remote. Yeah, it's even more important. And practices like team sharing events, things like that, are much more important when you're working remotely. For example, having uh, what's amazing screen sessions or team-wide show-and-tells, because you, you don't share as much time together, it's important to, to share the learnings on a very explicit way, right? Yes. You have to keep in mind all the time other team members, right? You have to yeah. keep in mind, okay, we are still all on the same page in whatever topic. I think that's one of the biggest worries of companies these days, like the team spirit. Some companies that are starting to do remote work now because of the COVID, they are worried about people are going to be on their homes. They are going to lose this team feeling. I also saw some nice initiatives in, in other remote companies, like having team-wide events every, I don't know, every three months, six months, you, you get the whole team together and you go to a nice place just to know each other. I think that's a nice practice. Being remote doesn't mean that you don't have to meet the team. Never, ever. <laughs> you, you can meet from time to time and it's healthy. At these events, you could monitor if people are missing something mm -hmm. in this remote style and come up with ideas how to fix this, if something is missing, of course, or maybe adjust some processes, add more processes, remove some steps in, in some processes, discover new tools uh, or new practices that would improve the quality of work. And so people won't feel themselves as remote. They would feel them still as a one team, as people yeah. working together, even being physically in, in different locations. Yeah, that's also very important. And then I have one last point that I would like to talk about before we leave. Well, this is motivated for, for the COVID stuff where a lot of companies went remote and a lot of people don't want to go back to the offices and there are way more remote open positions and way more companies hiring people in different places and countries. So my perspective is that the market is going to change a lot and I have... <laughs> lot of questions because as you know living in a country also means you don't have access to the same type of jobs and you don't have the same uh, salaries right so if you live in a poor country you are basically doing the same exactly the same job at least if you are a software developer probably you're doing exactly the same work for half the price sometimes and now that that barrier is almost gone right you can work for a company which is in a rich country and they are used to pay 
higher salaries. What's going to happen with the companies on those poor countries? Or the companies in the rich countries are going to take advantage and they are going to hire people for lower salaries? It's a big question that, that I have. I don't know what's going to happen with, with the market and I'm super curious about. Do you have a, an opinion about this, Alex? I'm afraid to give any opinion. I was thinking about this this topic and was trying to come up with some answer uh, of some sort. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's the right choice. Both sides, people who seek for work mm -hmm. and the ones who give this work, they kind of write. Yeah. Companies don't want to spend too much money and other way around. But then it's, let's say, software developer of a senior level. It doesn't matter in which country you live. You're a senior software developer and that's it why you should receive less money than someone. Yeah, that's the thing. Same work, same salary, right? <laughs> Some people say, but you have different expenses, right? And in different countries, you, you spend less or something. Still, it's it's more like a philosophical uh, question. And you, you can already see companies on both sides, right? You have some companies keeping the, let's call it Silicon Valley salaries, and they get the best, right? Because they are paying high salaries, so they get super high talented people, or they, in theory, they get the best people. And you can see companies on the other side, like, okay, we are going to use this to reduce the cost of hiring developers because they, they, they are expensive. I don't know which strategy is working better. It looks like it works for both of them, to be honest. So... Yeah, it might be the question that humanity needs to find an answer with time, with just trial and error. It will be discovered, but maybe not now. And it's also, we know that this shortage of developers in general in the world. I'm curious to see if it's going to be companies in the rich countries hiring all the developers because they have the money or, or the other way around, companies in the rich countries getting cheap developers because, yeah, they can. Funny times, funny times. Yes, interesting times, exciting times. <laughs> okay, I think we can wrap it up. Mm -hmm. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. In case of any questions, simply send us an email. You will find out our address in the show notes. If you are using Apple Podcast, please leave a review or give us a rating. That will help other people to discover the show. Keep it amazing and bye. Bye.